This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man, your host, Welcome to season five. Here we go. This podcast is brought to you by discipline, delayed gratification, and being accountable to yourself. This podcast is about finding the high road, working hard every day, creating the best possible version of yourself. Our values are faith, family, fitness, finances, elk hunting, and career. Our guiding principles are authenticity, transparency, and out hustling the competition. Our podcast is brought to you by Buck Knives, Onyx Hunt, Vortex Optics, Wilderness Athlete, Black Rifle Coffee Company, Crispy USA, Matthews Archery, Kufaru International, and BlackOvis.com. Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan, the fitness man. What's up? Two months out from elk season. This is the podcast for you to not only keep that fire stoked, but make sure you're dotting I's and crossing T's and you're showing up ready. Separations and the preparation. This is crunch time. Here we go. Today, I am sitting down with Andrew Willard and Dylan Dawson of On X. These guys joined me on a bonsai bear hunt in North Idaho. These guys were my guests and I brought them to my bear hunting spots and we get after it. So we're going to go over the stories. It's going to be... This is a fun listen, and uh, there's some little nuggets in here as well on little hacks to use on X this fall. So pay attention. Make sure that you have your maps down. You know what? I'm not going to give you any clues. Listen to the podcast. Take a couple notes on those on X tips. Speaking of on X, you get a discount code ElkShape takes 20% off your elite membership. Plus, you get a bunch of benefits. You get access to hunting pool, top rut, which you will need, a hunt reminder, and then. We're going to tease this on this podcast, but we're also going to start adding some elk collective incentives and some videos that you can brush up on your elk knowledge. Knowledge is power. With eight weeks left, there's something that you should be doing every day. 
And you know what that is? It should be a little bit of e-scouting. Use your Onyx from a desktop. And by the way, this tip is brought to you by Vortex Optics, a veteran-owned company out of Wisconsin that I love to death. I've been working with them since 2010. Currently running UHD 10x42s, a 65 Vortex Razor Spotter angled, and the Razor 4000 rangefinder. This tip is to e-scout for only 10-15 minutes every day and jot down a few notes. And by the time hunting season gets here, you will have your hunt plans in writing because you're not going to remember everything you saw from your desktop, in your office, in your cozy little house. And you don't want to be stuck on a hillside downloading maps, trying to remember where you scouted or where you thought you were going to glass from, bugle from. Put it in writing, drop your pens, and do it from a desktop, not a phone. That's your tip. All right, guys, let's get into this podcast with the Onyx Squad. This is a fun listen, and here we go. Tracking Bucky's bear, like something in there was something in there painful. Oh, yeah. Who are these voices you're hearing, guys? This is the Oak Shape Podcast. Uh, we're at my spot in Idaho, uh, sitting down. Andrew Willard from Onyx, Dylan Dawson from Onyx, Hunt Onyx Maps, Onyx Off Road. Is there any other Onyxes I need to know about? Onyx Backcountry. God, I knew I was missing one. <laughs> There's so much X's. We're, we're on the hunt side, though. Yeah, we're talking hunting with these boys. These guys, we've been uh, hunting for about 28 hours, technically. Feels we got a full weekend. I told, Yeah, that's what I said to Andrew last night, Is, and I know we'll get into it, but last night after being a little sore... Um, I turned to Andrew and I was like, dude, I feel like I've, I feel like I'm on day like five or six of a hunt. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Like you got your money's worth. It was good. Yep, we got our we money's did. worth for sure. And then some. That's cool. Uh, well, we're going to break down our hunt, but first we're going to get to know these guys just a, a touch, get a little background on OnX and um, what they do for OnX and hopefully give away a little, some nuggets on OnX. I know I learned one from Andrew this week and I thought I knew everything. I but, did too. Uh, so we'll start with you, Andrew. Um, give us all the important deets about you, man. Cool. So Andrew Willard, uh, born and raised in Northern Colorado, moved to Montana last year when I started working for Onyx and I had never hunted bears until this year because Colorado has not had a spring bear season for a long time, like over 30 years. Yeah. Long time. Darn shame. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. I like bear hunting's great. I was telling Dylan, it's almost like late season rifle elk hunting, but warmer. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Right. Cause you're looking Less for pressure. South facing slopes, right. With like lots of feed. And then you do that in t-shirts. I love it. And sweat. Yeah. A lot. And you sweat a lot. Yeah. I sweat a lot. Yeah. Um, but let's see at Onyx. I, uh, I oversee our elite membership, which is the, the top tier service that we provide our, our hunt customers. So that product is all about, offering nationwide mapping data as well as other exclusive services. So we, for our Western folks, offer access to Hunt and Fool's digital membership and draws through top, through top rut. And we have some other cool things coming with Elk Collective later this summer that maybe we'll get to tease a bit today. But yeah, yeah, yeah all Definitely. about it. And then there's also, I mean, there's little goodies for elite members that are Maybe just mainly a Midwest or an Eastern whitetail hunter. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Let me hear some of them just because I'm in my little uh, tunnel of Western hunting. You know, I'd love to hear what else is out there. Yeah. Um, so, for example, like last year, we um, were doing stuff with Drury Deercast, which is a sort of weather forecasting and deer patterning 
service. That was part of your elite membership. Um, we have similar things going with Upland Game, with Waterfowl. Um, and, and then we also, we try to curate even the more typical hard and soft goods, right? So we get into more experiential things like with our friends at First Light. We do a concierge service with them. We work really closely with like Vortex um, and do special promotions just for our elite audience. I mean, the, the intent being that, especially now, right, it's hard to get your hands on the gear you want, especially if you don't get your hands on it in a store. So we want to make sure that our customers are taken care of and they feel confident, you know, and bomber going into the season. Yeah. So you, you have a tech, you have a tech background. I do. Right? Yep. Onyx is basically, I mean, a hunting tech company, yes. is, which is a really cool. Yeah. Thing, right. How, how long is Onyx? When did Onyx start Dylan? So Onyx started in 2009. Uh, Eric Siegfried, our founder, he hit, I'll, I'll do the quick version of his story, but essentially Eric and I are both from Eastern Montana. Uh, we actually grew up about an hour from each other. Yep. Um, same country, kind of cut our teeth, hunting the same stuff. Um, and Eric moved from Eastern Montana to Western Montana where he had no experience and he essentially had no idea where he could and couldn't go. Like, you know, at home, he knew what he could hunt. He knew what was public, what was private, you know, where he had access. Um, Western Montana, he, he's a very smart, smart person. Like you spend a few minutes talking to Eric and, and he's just dialed. Um, and so what he did is he essentially built himself a product that became on X. He built it for himself so he could hunt and recreate more effectively in the, the mountains of Western Montana. And then I think somewhere along the, the way of building it for himself, um, to plug into his Garmin GPS at the time, I uh, realized I have something here. Like this is game changing technology for, for hunters or just outdoorsmen, women. Um, so he started on X and it's a cool story, man. Like they, you know, him and Matt Seidel, who's still with the company and a few others were selling chips out of Eric's basement and like, you know, meetups in sportsman's parking, um, parking lot to exchange chips for, you know, some money and, and just, just running the business that way. And fast forward to today, it's, uh, much, much different. Um, so I've been with Onyx for in August, it'll be eight years. Wow. Okay. Um, Good so while, wow, yeah, no, it's, it's been quite the ride and like, honestly, one of the best life decisions I've ever made just as far as career wise and just where I'm at today. So, um, yeah, it's, it looks vastly different than when I started, you know, it was about 30 person company when I started and fast forward today, we were much, much bigger. Um, and a lot, the technology has changed a lot too, right? Like in the beginning, it was little micro SD chips that you would plug in the back of your GPS. It would give you private land, public land, you know, it'd still show you the uh, private landowners' names, basic hunting game management units. But like, you know, in a lot of states, they vary uh, species by species. Yes, they do. Yep. So like Montana, with, with the chip product, what you see is what you got. You couldn't change, like, okay, no, I'm bear hunting. Yeah. No, I drew a mountain goat tag. I need to see mountain goat units. What you see is what you got. Um, not customizable, but but still very, very useful. Like, this is private. This is public. That public touches a public road. You can then access it, you know, basic GMUs and stuff. So that's what the product was. Fast forward to today, everybody has a smartphone. Um, and a lot of your listeners probably already know this and use Onyx, but everybody's got a smartphone in their pocket. So we transitioned, oh, it's been 
probably five, six years ago now, um, more so to the app side of things where you got a uh, GPS right on your phone. Um, it has all of the data that you need and then some, and you can really customize it. So like we're bear hunting, like I pull up the bear GMUs instead of the elk deer lion GMUs. Uh, you know, you can turn layers on and off fire layers, road layers, historic wildfire. There, there's just so much more that you can customize and do with it today. So to see, you know, to be at the company and see that progression over the last eight years is pretty mind blowing. Blackovis.com is where I buy all my gear. I use the discount code ELKSHAPE. It takes 10% off. Very few exclusions apply. Shipping is fast and free. They're already great prices. And when it comes to getting your gear in your hands early 2022, it's never been more important. Number one, supply chain issues. Number two, inflation. Don't wait. Your prices could go up on everything. And number three, get the gear in your hand. Test it and vet it before the season. Blackovis offers clothing, footwear, optics, gear, archery, camping, several different brands, lots of SKUs. We've partnered with them because because we believe in them. Use a discount code ELKSHAPE, save 10%. TheElkCollective.com is a website that I started with John Gabriel several years ago. We wanted to create a digital, virtual, educational learning platform where you could watch videos and learn how to elk hunt. Learn specific tactics from several different subject matter experts who hunt in different states. If you're an elk hunter, you've signed up for being a student for life. So join The Elk Collective and get going. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE podcast, all one word, and save 20% on your annual membership. Numa Outdoors, I partnered with them over a year ago, I switched from Sika Gear to Numa Gear. This brand believed in Elk Shape, and I believed in them. I tested their gear before partnering with them, and I was really impressed. Numa has an entire line dedicated to Out West, and here's your lineup if you're in the market. Get yourself the Base Haven base layers, the Pursuit pant with the knee pad that is removable. These are breathable, athletic, good four-way stretch pants that will help you maneuver and be athletic in the mountains. For a top layer, I recommend a Renegade short sleeve, long sleeve, or quarter zip with a mid-layer Alpha verdicts jacket or vest and always have a palisade puffy in your pack to wait out storms use the discount code elkshape 20 to save 20 percent off your first purchase from numa outdoors faru international this is the best backpack on the market in my opinion first things first get yourself the duplex light frame then you can attach any bag that you want i have several bags in my arsenal but my top three are going to be the hoodlum the hoodlum is i'm going to use for anywhere from a five to seven day hunt i can pack out an elk with it easily and i can organize my gear the next pack of choice is going to be the 22 mag a little bit smaller than the hoodlum this is more of like a two or three day effort perfect for the elk hunt perfect for the elk mountains perfect for getting around and keeping your gear organized last but not least is the new hellbender this is the striker xl on steroids this is a pack that i'm going to be using exclusively in 2022 elk hunts all three bags fit on my duplex light frame and with kifaro you can customize your setup with accessories i generally run on my right hip the water bottle pocket gen 2 for my nalgene a small or medium belt pouch and generally a small medium large pocket somewhere on the bag you can also backfill with the sherman pocket or guide lid and inside my bag i organize all my gear with kufaro ultralight pullouts when it comes to sizing your frame the belt the straps they have great customer service just pick up the phone give them a shout tell them elk shape sent you talk to their customer service representative get the exact size you need buy once cry once and enjoy the best hunting backpack on the market yeah, I'm actually sitting here thinking, wow. Because you know used what, the chip back in the I'm day, right? I'm trying to figure out when I made the full – like, I remember being, like, no, like hesitant for an app. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't super stoked on not packing around an actual GPS unit. Totally. And I've gone through, like, 
several GPS units like everybody has. Like I started with a Rhino GPS that was like a two-way radio and a really shitty display, and you could yeah. not really tell much. But you knew that that dot is where your truck was. Just make sure your bearings are headed that way. And then I graduated to like I think a a Garmin Oregon or a Garmin Montana. I can't remember, but I remember getting chips. I remember working with Onyx back when the logo was way different. Yeah. And um, yep. I remember like being worried about updating your micro yeah. SD to, cause you know, people buy and sell land. There's land swaps that BLM does with private landowners and vice versa. And like, you know, there was just a lot of like, yeah, like, it is so much easier now. Holy well, that's, that's like a lot. That's a huge testament to Eric, the founder. I mean, again, when I started working at OnX and I started in customer service, so I had many hour plus long phone calls with, with guys trying God to update the chip. Um, the app was a thing then. It, uh, I was also a little hesitant. Really? Yeah, it was. And so for a couple years... I would run the app, but I would also have a Garmin GPS Same. in my pack. Same. Right. And there was a couple situations every year that I'd pull it out. Yep. And then it got to a point probably two years into working for Onyx where the Garmin GPS still made its way into my pack, but all it was was an extra weight. Like I just like... It was a for, paperweight, Yeah, for honestly. two seasons yeah. straight, I didn't need to use it because the phone technology and the product that we built became reliable in the field as reliable as that Garmin GPS. And so I think I, I lugged it around for, I think a season or two seasons and then I sold it and it was just like, I, I have no use for this anymore. There's no eBay. Yeah. yeah I carry a Garmin mini as my like an reach backup. Yeah. yeah. Um, because obviously what if you drop your phone, you break your phone, you can't charge it. You need some, you need two is one. You need a backup. Totally. Yep. But yeah. I'm not carrying around a GPS unit like the Montana or the Oregon. No. No, heck no. I, the Mini, it doubles. It has two purposes. Text Mrs. Elk Shape. Once in a while, let her know I'm thinking about her and I'm alive. Yep. Uh, the other one is, hey, bull down. Come help me. If totally. You will, please, please. And then, um, yeah, just works as that. that. That makes sense. Now, we could sit here and talk about all the cool stuff, but we're going to just integrate. Let's just sprinkle in some Onyx fairy dust as we tell our bear story because we got stories to tell and we got to get yeah. into it. So, Andrew is a bear virgin. Correct. Andrew was. Was. A bear was. virgin. You got to pack out in, in Montana this year. You were a part of a successful hunt. Yes. It just wasn't, yeah. uh, you weren't the sh- trigger man. Right. Right. Okay, that's cool. So we basically, like uh, John Gabriel and I own the Elk Collective, guys, and we're kind of working. We've teased a little bit. We're going to try to figure out ways to get that fairy dust sprinkled into more Onyx Elite Life. We'll talk about that when that happens, and that's coming soon. Um, but this was supposed to be, and so, John, if you're listening, um, what a loser. <laughs> more for us. <laughs> more for <laughs> us. More for us. Good. <laughs> Good. No, John couldn't make it. He has some truck problems. So we decided to just do a bomb run. Like we planned this, what, two or three weeks ago? And it was penciled in. Right. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yep. It was kind of like, like, yeah, maybe. I think we checked in like last week, like, like hey, Thursday. We're still on? Yeah. Do this. I was in yeah, Utah and I was like, hey, Alicia, when do you work? And she's like, I work Thursday. I was like, okay, well, I'll do the math. Yeah, I can do it. I got. I can give you yep. guys a couple of days and. It worked out. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad it happened. Um, but, guys, we just said, hey, let's crash at Dan's. Uh, I got a place in Idaho, so we just crash here and hunt. Um, Andrew, take us through your, um, we'll say your first day. Like, you roll in. You're at my cabin. You're like, cool. I don't know Dan very well. I've only talked to him on the phone. What, Zoom? Yeah. 
and maybe seen some Instagram stuff. So you right, yeah. So roll in. Uh, Dan proceeds to remove his shirt. <laughs> and take us through a workout. So what, what were we doing? We were throwing a hundred pounds sandbag over shoulders. Oh no, it was just before that. Uh, we're catching up, Dylan and I are unloading gear. Dan says, Hey, I think I have the stuff to make a pull-up bar. <laughs> in the barn. Yep. Guess that's it how out. It happened. Uh, we're sort of staring at it. Dan's like, Oh, I got the drill bit in my truck. Uh, so you made a pull-up bar yep. and then we got out the hundred pound sandbag and what was, it was like a ladder workout, right? So as you toss it over your shoulder once, go do a pull-up, then build up to 10. Yep. I only made it to five. Uh, cause I am not Dan. You did great. Yeah. Not, not Dan you at all. You weren't even sure if you were going to be able to pick that awkward ass sandbag Should we also up? say it was like record heat. Oh, it was, it was 94, 94 yeah, degrees, it was right? 94. So the hottest day of the year, hands yeah. down. Um, and no shade. No shade. It's so good. a bit reluctant, like what, you know, what are we doing here? Um, and then I got to say like after that workout, I felt fantastic. That's the thing. Absolutely. I fantastic. needed a mood changer. And I was ready to rumble, right? Like the, yep. it felt like we'd already sweated it out in the heat. So the heat no longer an issue, right? We're like, we're ready to go. Let's go hunt. I felt like that changed the, yep. the tone go for everyone. Go to the belly everyone. of the beast. Yep. And just, that's cool. Just and you did it. it. And I'm like, you guys both worked out with me, which is like, it was a litmus test. Yeah. I didn't know you Learned guys that lot. well. I wanted yeah. to see like, are they going to sit here and watch me work out? Or are they going to be like, I got to, I got to do yeah, something. Got to do it. And you guys passed. That was a litmus test. Good job. And yeah. it was fun. I did. I felt way better too. So yeah. we made a plan. Tell us about the plan. Yeah. So, um, you know, Dan, you've been running around this area for, it seems like most of your life, right? So you know it really well. Um, so we're looking at the app. Um, Dan had Dylan and I set up on basically glassing and hiking up opposite ends of one valley. And so I had an easy ride in. Dylan did not, which we'll get <laughs> into later. But so parked and then walked up basically a mile and a half over a period of a few hours glassing. And Dan had dropped a few waypoints and areas where he's like, hey, like I've seen bears in here in the past. Stop and glass, like take a look. Like, would you consider this? And so one place in particular at the end of my hike, uh, you're dropping down off the the road into sort of like a little outcropping. Yeah, I call it the sniper's roost. Yep, the sniper's roost. Yeah. So eventually got down there. And as I walked it up, um, I didn't even have my glass up and I just looked up at the hillside and went, Oh, that that's a bear. Yep. Um, and I should say like, we, we talked a lot about our effective range with our, since, you know, we're rifle hunting this before we came out and my max was 400 on the sun. And from up where I was on the road, the closest shot I could find raging was over 600. So I didn't have, you know, an ethical shot, um, that I felt comfortable with, but the, at this little sniper's hide max shot was like 400. And I glassed that bear up, ranged it at 340 initially when I saw it. So it was perfect, right? Like totally comfortable, uh, got out the spotter, looked at her beautiful color phase bear, um, nice, like dark chocolate on the legs, light Brown on her back, um, and got prone dry fired a bit and then yeah, sealed the deal, man. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You did good money work. shots. Like and that uh, was cool that you guys shots. shot me straight on your effective ranges because basically that dictated which side of the canyon I was going to send you versus you. Right, um, and that's important, right? Like yeah. I feel like a lot of people get uncomfortable talking about that, right? Like we're here, like you're an amazing hunter, right? Like you, you, like I I'll be honest, like feel a sense of intimidation, right? Of like, man, I gotta gotta show Dan my stuff, like prove that I I know what I'm doing. But you know, at the end of the day, you can't 
it's not fair, right, to the animals if you're if you're going to take a shot that yeah. you're not comfortable with, 100%. right? So yeah, that that worked out great. Yeah, and I, I'm foreshadowing for sure, and we'll we'll jump back. But one thing that just dawned on me is your effective range. What you said, you shot at what about sixty yards closer than that? Mm-hmm. Same with me. Yeah. Like totally. really, yep. the number I told you. You guys both shot under the number you gave me by yep. about sixty yards. Yeah, yep. that's crazy. So like, you know, you asked us. Andrew's like four hundred. You know, you've got a new, awesome rifle. Yeah. Um, but what is your rifle? Just real quick for the nerds. Yeah. So I have a Seekins Havoc Element. Uh, Seekins Precision is here in Idaho. Actually, like great guys. They make amazing systems and setups. And uh, that rifle's chambered for three hundred Win Mag, and it is in absolute tack driver it's so light it feels like a toy but it it's it only kicks like a 308 it's incredible i've ever picked up it's, it's money. incredible yeah so you know like I, you and i spent some range time last week we're like yep. hey we got to get to the range because relatively new rifle yep i haven't shot my rifle you know i shot my rifle a few times this spring because i hunted montana but yep. i mostly was out bear hunting with other guys trying to you know, just be a part of the bear hunt. And so we went to the range last, last week, shot out to 600, uh, both of us. And, uh, yeah, I just, it dawned on me when you said that you said 400, you killed at 340 and I said 600 and it ended up being like 540. So it's like, you know, it was good. So good to make sure you're comfortable. And then, um, you know, the other thing, since I, at this point was a bear hunting virgin still is Dylan and I spent a lot of time talking on the drive up of a, like, what does a good bear look like? And B, you know, if you hear, you always hear middle of the middle, let's talk about that, right? Like, what does that mean? And um, Dylan spent a lot of time talking about like, yes, middle of the middle, but bears orient themselves and move differently. And so you have to be like, would you mind running us through like like, how that works? Yeah, so like basically that conversation breakdown was bears are interesting. Like if, if a deer or an elk is broadside, if their legs are planted broadside, they're for the most part broadside, right? Like they can turn their neck and they can eat and they can do whatever, but their body is going to remain broadside for the most part. Bears are not that way. Like a bear can be standing what would appear to be broadside because the legs are displayed completely broadside, but be, you know, bent over eating something contorted Contorted. to, yeah, yeah, contorted to a way that you're like, no, that bear's broadside. Look at how it's standing. But that bear is incredibly quartered away or quartered to you, depending on what it's doing at that time. Like it doesn't have to move its paws to like change body movements, if that makes sense. 100%. Um, I'm sure my really cool visuals help display that. But for the non-listeners, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So basically you just nailed it. Like bears are just different. They're yeah. made different than an ungulate. Right. Talk to him about the brisket thing. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. really, really key. Yeah. And we'll talk about where to aim so in was, our opinion. Yeah. I was listening to a bear podcast earlier this year and I picked up on this and it, it's one thing, it's something I think I knew, but I just, uh, it was articulated in a way that it's like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense in this podcast. Essentially bears don't have a brisket. Like it's, it's like a human. If you were to get down on your hands and like feet or your knees and your shoulders are straight out. It's not like a deer or elk where the brisket extends in front of the shoulders. There's just no brisket there. It doesn't, it just has a chest, like almost more like human like. And so if you shoot a bear through the front shoulders, like there's, there is a chance that you're going to shoot it through the front shoulders and miss the brisket, miss the cavity. Um, especially as they're sprawled out in a weird, weird 
fashion. I mean, bears are just, we talked about this too. They're just doing bear things. It doesn't, a lot of times it doesn't make sense. They don't have a rhyme or reason for what they're doing. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, without a brisket, like I truly believe to shoot a bear back is the best, the best. Like you, you definitely have it dialed for archery. I've never killed an archery bear. Um, I haven't killed a ton of rifle bears, but I've been a lot of been with a lot of folks that have had success on bear hunts and I've shot a handful myself and like where you shot your bear, Andrew was perfect. And we talked through that, what yeah. I said, and again, I'm no expert on this, but it's, it's worked for me almost every time when the shot is, is in that spot is like go middle of middle on a broadside bear and then bring it forward a couple inches. Like, you know, shade it to shade the front, it shade right it to the the right. Um, you know, if the bear's facing to the right, shade it toward the front shoulders. But really, if I was shooting a deer or an elk that same way, I would feel like, okay, I'm going to liver shoot this animal. A hundred percent. Yeah. So and like it, I told you, you know, packing out that other bear on the hunt I was a part of earlier in the spring, like gutting that out was eye-opening for me. Cause I went, holy cow. I did, like, why are the lungs down there? Right? Like it's, you're shooting where on a deer and elk, you'd think, man, I'm going to hit this thing right in the stomach. And it, it's just not the case. Like no. opening up that bear. And every, every bear that I've seen or I've shot where you shot yours, which is exactly that it was center of center forward a couple inches, probably yeah. they'd make it no more than 20 yards. Yeah. I mean, look at all, you know, again, foreshadowing everyone at this table's bear. Barely the farthest moved. it went was one of them went was 15 yards. Yeah, hundred um, percent. The bear I killed in Alaska this year went thirteen yards. Yeah, um, I like middle of the middle archery, and I like slightly quartering away. Same here with the rifle too. Totally. That's kind of the shot I'm like. That's my ultimate shot I'm looking for. Um, if it is truly broadside, I'm going to shade just ever so slightly towards the shoulders, but not much. Yeah, and they will go if you do it right. They'll, you'll you'll blow up both the balloons and they'll go twenty yards. Now, um, the one thing to think about. For those who have never killed a bear, and you guys can appreciate this, is when you kill an elk or kill a bear and you're done and all you have is a carcass laying there with ribs and a spinal column, there's a lot of structure there on an elk. And then when you look at a bear, you're like, there's not a, much left on a bear because bear's hair is – they're fluff balls. Yeah. Their hair is long. And so you have to factor that in as well. Like that's not all flesh. You're not aiming at a two foot by, you know, it's really a small, small target, quite honestly. Onyx Hunt, this is the number one digital hunting application. I take it with me everywhere I go on my phone. Download your maps ahead of time and you know differences between state, BLM, national, private. You know where roads are at, terrain features. You can do all your e-scouting from a desktop via the desktop version and have all those waypoints and information transferred to your phone, having a tremendous amount of confidence that it's not going to crash in the backcountry when you need it most and that you are legally hunting where you're allowed. The Elite membership will allow you to get free access to Hunt Reminder. This is a great app that will notify you when draw deadlines are approaching so that you never miss a deadline. You also get access to top rut which has arguably the best draw odds in the business and if that wasn't enough you also get access to hunt and full their digital publication with each state breakdown and analysis so you can plan your hunts ahead of time all this for 99 plus when you enter the discount code elkshade it'll take 20 percent off wilderness athlete this is a supplement company not a marketing company the difference being these guys spend their dollars reinvesting into product development and i have been partnered with them for a very long time they just came out with their new hero which is hydrate energize recharge and overcome all you have to do is add water make sure you pick up a couple boxes of those for elk hunting 
hydration season, as well as Hydrate Recover, Energy and Focus, the Green Infusion, Daily Multis, Fish Oils, Probiotics, Protein Powder, Post-Workout, Pre-Workout, whatever you need, whatever the goal, WildernessAthlete.com. Enter the discount code ELKSHAPE30 to save 30% off your first purchase. Baku e-bike elite fat tire e-bikes to help elevate your game. I use the mule. People ask me why do I not use the storm? Because I hunt out west and I need the extra wattage to get up steep terrain. Find a dealer near you by heading to Baku.com for a quick little demo ride to see for yourself or get yourself a backcountry e-bike, a trailer, an extra battery. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE to save $300 off your purchase and utilize these e-bikes when you're chasing turkeys, bear, deer, elk, any sort of trail, logging road, where legal, they are an awesome resource for you to get in and get out quietly. And if you have a trailer, hopefully you're hauling precious elk meat back to the truck. Black Rifle Coffee Company. I am a huge fan of coffee. Probably guilty of maybe drinking too much, but I love Black Rifle. It's my alternative to Starbucks. These folks at Black Rifle are pro hunting, pro 2A, veteran owned. I can tell you right now, you guys should check out the coffee club. Join the club and you're going to get free shipping on your club orders. Automatic deliveries on your schedule so you can program it for when coffee should arrive at your doorstep. You'll get exclusive discounts from over 50 plus partner brands. And you can always tweak, tinker, or modify your subscription at any time to suit your fancy. My favorite all time is the Flying Elk. That should be no surprise. Black Rifle is a huge partner of Elk Shape. They support our message of crushing the elk hunting learning curve and leveraging elk hunting. Check out Black Rifle Coffee Club of the Month. Enter the discount code ELKSHAPE. Save 15% off and enjoy America-driven coffee from a veteran-owned company. It's like if uh, if anybody's ever hunted coyotes. I mean, you shoot a coyote or, you know, a fox or something like that if you're predator hunting. And if you tube that, you know, the hide off, yeah. you're like, holy cows. You got, yeah, you got to account for that. Um, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people do. Yep. Well, okay, so you, Bear Virgin, no more. And then um, what I was doing, I was up the drainage further, kind of glassing on your side for you and my dad, trying to just find bears. And it was 94 degrees that day. So I really wasn't very hopeful, to be honest with you. I, I Just bears don't like, they don't do well with heat. And it was that hot in the mountains. I mean, I was in a t-shirt the whole evening. That's a first. Um, so I came back to glass with you the last hour. And I came down and I pulled up and I glass and I throw my glass up and I look right across Canyon and I see both of you at the bear taking photos. And I was like, holy crap, this happened. And then I tried to like figure out, I'm like, well, who shot this bear? Like I thought you did because you were right across from my sniper roost. But I also put Dylan in a spot where he could get a shot if he walked that road that he was on. And so I really didn't know who got it. And then we, um, we had radios to, to communicate. Those didn't work. So we well, had they, they kind of worked. <laughs> yeah. One way. We had one way radios. One way radio. These guys could hear me, but I couldn't hear them. And so I finally had a we figured out like, hey, if you can hear me, flash your headlamp at me. And you guys did. And I was like, okay, flash your headlamp if at me if you're good to go and you don't need my help. And then you flashed, and I was like, okay. And I think I probably checked in like three or four times just to make sure <laughs> yeah, that right. you guys were good to go. Yeah. Totally. Which well, we appreciate well, it, never, right? Like, we've never hunted it before either, right? Right. And like you said, sometimes you just don't know. I like, just never know. You just don't yeah. know. Do they, do they have headlamps? Do they have nice. game bags? Yeah. I mean, we've all been with people or forgot some ourselves, but we've all been with people that have, you know, don't have those things. And so right. it was appreciated from our, our standpoint. We did kind of laugh toward the end. We're like, thanks dad. We're good yeah. to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, good. That's but good. Like yeah. it was, it was good. Right. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. even Dylan and I had the same conundrum because he could hear me when I shot the bear, but I couldn't hear him. Yeah. So like my, both of our thoughts was like, Oh shoot. Like when I shot that bear and didn't hear anything back when went, okay, like we're in for a here we go. A long night, right? I'm going to have to get this up to the road on Dylan's side and then cross back over the canyon and 
hike back mm. somehow. Yeah, yeah I was crossing that canyon because that's not a that's not a junior varsity canyon. You you had to cross to get to your bear. I mean, it's a I would consider that a varsity canyon. Like how was I that? I mean, considering the canyon we crossed the day after, <laughs> it was a, a good warm up. But that's, that's a, a good, pro. That's that a pro ju- canyon. Juco. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. You know, I think the. Um, it was only it was maybe a 350 foot descent and then the same backup um found a nice game trail the only trick was there's a like a creek is it a creek or a river it's kind of a river but it looks it's a like creek. a river yeah it was like yeah. river it's- running at creek capacity at the bottom so had to take off the boots socks roll up my pants and walk across so yep. got a little wet but wasn't wasn't actually felt really good cuz it was so hot yeah, and so I was on the other side this whole time, and I heard, you know, I was sitting there glassing, and I had seen Andrew a couple times walking down the road earlier on, but at this point, I didn't know where he was. I figured he was up higher in elevation, honestly, and so I'm glassing looking for bears, and all of a sudden, just boom, boom, like perfect time follow-up shot, which both shots were perfect. The first one was 100%, like, dead bear second one was you know don't move. for for assurance yeah. stay there um, stay <laughs> i was so i was so amped like we all have yeah, bear man. tags right we're all trying to shoot bears ourselves too but i knew like andrew hadn't shot a bear and like you were just saying earlier you love you know helping guys not that i helped andrew at all that was 100 percent him but right. just being there for people's first bears yeah, or just fun. first experiences cool. yeah. i was like more pumped than if i had just shot a bear so i was like I was trying to figure it out. And at least I got radio confirmation. You said bear down boys. And so I was like, okay, at least I saw him bail off the edge. I saw which way his rifle was pointed. So I marked a waypoint on, on X of like, okay, I bet that bear had to be here. I also marked a waypoint of Andrew's last known location nice. in case we lost him. I was like, you know, I did the whole range over there. And I think it was like 560 for me to you. Um, Dropped waypoint, you know, did the line tool. It was like 560. So I was like, okay, good to go. That's where he was. Um, and then I hiked back and and got the wheeler, drove it around, you know, on top of you. And I really didn't know. I knew Andrew couldn't hear me. So I was very skeptical that radios would work. And I was like, I don't know where this bear is. It could be in the very bottom. If the bear's in the bottom next to the creek slash river, Andrew's not going to hear me. Right. If I can't see Andrew, it's going to be. I don't know to commit and just go down there and just start walking around aimlessly in the bottom of a, a thick drainage, hoping I stumble into Andrew. I was like, I don't know how I can be productive here, but I knew I needed to get, you know, as close to you as possible. So I, I got around and I stopped and I peeked over the edge and I see Andrew walking up. I'm like, Hey dude. Hey, <laughs> He's Dylan. like, Oh, Hey man. <laughs> it was, it was perfect. Like yeah. it just worked out. So then I bombed down the ridge. It was, probably what 250 300 yards down um took care of the bear beautiful bear like you said just and for this late in the season like the the hide was not rubbed at all that bear is awesome because you've been watching it right i've seen it literally six different times this year and i've tried to get my dad on that bear that bear's been really slippery um like just making tiny appearances that last light um we've seen that bear on the road that you were that, that old abandoned road that you could see on your side. Yeah. Which, by the way, pro tip, guys, like we put Dylan on the side so that he could – the east side gets shade first. So we put him on that side because bears like shade, especially when it's 94 degrees. I figured you would get a shot, honestly, first um, on that abandoned road. And then I knew if you made it to the sniper's roost with the last light that you would probably see that bear. Um, 
But the trick that the fairy dust that we got to sprinkle in here is the radius hack you did yeah. after the shot. Talk about that. Because I'm going to use that on elk hunting for yeah. sure. Yeah. So we have a, there's a feature uh, within the app called the range radius tool. And I think uh, you know this better than I do, but it was built for from the position you're in, you could set like, hey, my effective range is X and then roughly C like on the map, where is that country that I could shoot out to? Um, I use it differently. I use it mainly in a Western use case, but, uh, when you're, when you shoot something and you have to go out of sight from it, and it's going to be a difficult recovery. I put the range radius from where I shot to the distance I shot from. So in this case, 340 yards, plug that in. Um, and then you know that the bear has to, or whatever you shot has to be somewhere on that outer line, right? Cause that's what you ranged it to. So I drop a point on roughly where I think it was in this case, I was wrong by about 20 yards. But as you could see on my track, like got to that point and just like followed the line and it works beautifully like it makes it so simple yeah it's when you showed me that that evening i was like you know i've worked it on x8 years i use the app a ton like i feel like i've got some little tips and tricks whatever when you showed me that it was like how why have i not thought of this it's a good protocol really it yeah and it worked flawlessly the next evening as well like um now the one thing andrew and i have talked about and i we haven't tested this theory out but if your rangefinder is on line of sight distance that should work right i was shocked when it worked last night because we were shooting we were so steep downhill i was like that's not going to work right because of the angle compensation but my rangefinder is line of sight and then it calculates everything after that right yep. so right. if i had been ranging it with angle compensation on which i use when i'm bow hunting yep. i do not believe that would have worked last night so that that's like a theory. Yeah. I mean, we'll test it out, whatever. Yeah, right. But, but yeah, make sure you're using line, line of sight, sight range. And yeah, range, not angle. Because, yeah, when we got down there last night and I looked at your range radius tool and it was literally to the foot on. I was like, I looked up to where we shot from, which was very, very steep up above us. <laughs> and I was like, how did this work? Yeah. But then, yeah, just coming down last night, I was like, ah, that's why. Line of sight. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Now that's cool. Um, great recovery, great bear. Um, and then, so we had one more day to bear hunt and, um, we, Dylan was up to bat and uh, we kind of put together a pretty good game plan. And, um, the cool thing about bear camp is, man, it's a chill vibe. Like there's no need to go out in June when it's hot and it's in the eighties during midday because bears aren't going to be out. No way. And the huckleberries aren't on yet. The only thing they're eating is just green. That's all that they can, and they're grubbing. Oh yeah, and elk calves, and uh, there's a that's happening right now. Most calves, I think, have been born, but they're just very susceptible, very young. Uh, so I took you to basically my what I would consider one of my primary bear spots, where it's a big enough master vantage, um, and there's several little spots to check that you, you can be pretty productive. Like in let's say April, May. Uh, you're going to deal with snow, but when you finally get in there, you can literally hunt it from like 10 a.m. till about 4, maybe even 5. And I'm talking bow hunting because these are these are stocks that are going to take me an hour plus to get to the bear. Uh, and so I need a lot of time. And um, when you see bears in the middle of the day during normal good bear hunting springtime, they're generally going to stay in that area and they're going to interval feed. So even if they go back into the timber, you, you need to get on their level and get the wind right. 
it's cool. And then once you get there, you'll probably just wait for them to come out and feed again in, in intervals. So that's my primary. And then I have secondary tertiary ones where um, maybe my secondary one, it's going to take me 30 to 45 minutes to get to a bear. So I like to be in there between 4 and 7 p.m. And then I have one last little area, which is kind of where you killed. And that's kind of like my tertiary. Um, I can get where I need to get in 20 minutes and be, right. and I'm fighting daylight. Um, but I don't go after bears at my primary spot at you right. know, 30 minutes before dark because you wouldn't get there. Wouldn't get yeah. there. And I think that's something that maybe you guys listening, if you haven't bear hunted, like fighting bears is not hard. It's finding the right bear in the right place. And you le- you'll learn that eventually when you fail on stocks and you have long walks of shames back to wherever. Yeah. So um, we got you into the primary spot. We knew it was hot, but we finally had some clouds roll in, and I love overcast for bears because I, I feel like my bear sightings go up like mm-hmm. exponentially. So uh, we got to this it's a long ways, but we got there, and I don't know how, how long did we actually – I feel like I dicked around taking photos and stuff for a while, and then yeah. when I finally like took a seat, I felt like within five minutes we saw bears. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, by the time you started like glassing, actively looking – I bet it was five minutes or under. I mean, I yeah. had been glassing some other stuff. I hadn't glassed down there. No. Right. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you also being your spot. Like, I've got some spots where it's like, yeah, it all looks berry. But, you but know I see bears here. I see bears there and 100%. up here. So, like, I don't know if that's a spot where you've seen bears, but it totally makes sense that yeah. that's where they were. Yeah, I've based seen them on, everywhere on yeah. that hillside, honestly. Okay. It's kind of overwhelming. There's so much to look. Yeah. Um, there's a I lot. liked having three of us there. Yeah. Um, in fact, if we had probably been there for a little bit longer, I would have been assigning or uh, saying, hey, Grids where do you want to last? Like, let's yeah. split yeah. this up because there's so much country to cover. Yep. And totally. we had spotters. We had like our, vo- had, I had a 65 millimeter angle. What spotter were you using? Um, Jim, we're using Dylan's, which is 85. The 85. He had an 85, yeah. and, and we were we were dialed. I mean, we yeah. we had we were covering ground. Um, so we find like these bears pop out right away. Yeah, and yeah. It's we're not being picky bear hunters. We're this is our last day to bear hunt. So, bear two bears pop out. We study them for a hot minute, and it appears to be a boar and a sow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right away. I mean, yeah. You'd sat down less than five minutes. Like, there's bears. Like it took a second to find them too. I was looking up okay. and, uh, finally I got eyes on them and threw the spotter on them and it was clear right away that it was two adult bears, right? Yep. Like, yep. and, and the way that they, they were interacting, like they within, were, yeah, yeah, within seconds I was like, yep, born a sow. Yeah. Cause at first, like, I'm not going to lie. When I saw them with my eyes, they were, they were down there a ways, right? Oh yeah. I was like, is that. A sow with cubs is it like with my right. eyes i yeah. could see the two bears moving but i just had no idea and i threw the spotter on them you know we watched them for a solid i don't know 15 minutes at least at least, yeah. at least. um it was clear it was a boar and a sow and and how could you tell that they like what was some of the tell signs that they were in love like it seemed like they were frolicking yeah and yeah. like flirting i know that sounds weird but like sort of looked like, like yeah they were Playful for sure. Playful. Yeah. yeah. They wouldn't leave each other. Like, I mean, at, at most they were, what, five yards apart? At any yeah. time. At any time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like Dan said, we weren't we weren't planning on being picky coming into this hunt. And, like, we knew, I think we all knew, we didn't even really say, like, oh, they're not big bears. But, the, you know, they were adult bears. And we're here for two days and, and trying to do some predator management. And that's what we're here for. So I set up, I ranged them, um, and I... I 
they really didn't move much for range either. I think the first time I ranged them was like 520, 520. So they, they went up a little bit, a little bit further. Um, ranged them, and I started building a shooting platform, essentially. But we were in... Shale rock. Shale yeah. rock, but like bigger shale rock than what I'm used to. I would say like softball size rock everywhere like that's all it was and they're like sharp jagged you know it wasn't like a an easy spot to uh to shoot from especially at a super steep downward angle and uh so man i feel like i i was struggling to get steady because like i would build it out and i would move rocks and i i moved another rock to my right you know for my my shooting elbow to rest on and just trying to get comfortable in this situation like it wasn't you know a gimme 100 200 yard shot where you know you can just just get it done. And so I, you know, before shooting, I wanted to make sure everything was absolutely perfect and I would be perfect money. And then the bear would move and I'd slightly adjust my rifle and it would completely change everything because my bipod would just change its, its direction on one of the rocks and it'd fall off the rock and it would like get on another rock that's way higher and stuff. So it was just, uh, I felt like I was getting a little flustered because it's just like, why, what has taken me so long to get in my shot? Well, and we went through maybe three different iterations of rear and rear rests yeah. and elbow rests for you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The, we also went through several different wind changes in a matter. So yeah. that yeah. my phone scope video of the whole situation that we're talking about is yep. 17 minutes long. Okay. So yeah, um, we watched the bear for at least 20 then. And so in that 17 minutes, everything happened, right. but it took probably... I would say 14 minutes to finally get that to where you felt rock solid. And I didn't think you were ever going to get rock solid based on what I was seeing. I was like, I just don't see how this is going to work. And then I see you put your right ear plug in and I see you jack a shell. And I think you said something like, I'm going live. And I was like, oh, crap. Are you like me? Do you just love trail cameras? Slightly addicted to them? Yeah, guilty as charged. I work with SpyPoint. They have several affordable trail cameras. Some are going to be cellular. Some are going to be non-cellular. So the differences being, one, the Force Pro, non-cellular, very affordable, extremely reliable, just under $200. Or you can look up the Link S, that's the dark, or the Micro LTE Twin, where you get a two-pack of cellulars. They come with the SIM cards, so you don't need to pay out-of-pocket monthly to utilize your cellular trail cameras. You can download the free app and get your 100 photos a month that you choose. Cell trail cameras are where it's at, where legal, and where you have at least two bars. You're going to get extremely important real-time information, and you don't have to go in and disturb your area, get your scent ground and bump any animals. I like trail cameras from a biological standpoint. I don't really depend on them to get animals killed, but I do depend on them to understand animal behavior, biology, animal densities, and see if I can focus on patterns where I can take advantage and know how to get in and get out of these places. So I am addicted to trail cams. I love the app. It's bulletproof from SpyPoint. So check out SpyPoint when you get a hot minute or next time you're in the market for a trail camera. If you're looking for cellular, I'm probably going to recommend the Link S Dark over all of them. But if you're on a budget, get the Link Micro Twin 2-pack where you have two cell phone trail cameras working for you under $200. Or if you just want to run normal trail cameras, check out the Force Pro. There's a couple different versions out there. I use the Force Pro or the Force 20 both are really sweet and then last but not least if you already have a trail camera and you want to turn it into a cell phone trail camera they have a product for you called the cell link 59.99 attaches to your existing trail camera you don't have to have a sim card and it will start sending you photos to your phone check out spypoint.com for more information vortex optics a partner of elk shape since 2010 veteran known based out of wisconsin the vip warranty itself that's transferable whether you buy your vortex optics used from a buddy or buy it retail from a store that vip warranty follows your product no questions asked you break it they fix it we're gonna give you guys a quick little tip being a handful of months away from elk season one thing you can do right now, and this tip is presented by Vortex, is that you can start writing on the calendar 
your hunt plan, the dates that you plan on leaving, so that your wife or your spouse knows what you're thinking ahead of time. Sounds silly, but I used to not communicate very well with my wife and then surprise her right at hunting season and then, hey, I'm going to be gone the entire month. Not anymore. Now, as soon as I draw a tag or have a hunt plan secured, I'm up on the calendar writing it down and going over with it. Even though she's probably gnashing her teeth a little bit at me, at least it gives her plenty of time to plan around and make sure that we are on the same page. Happy wife is a happy life and to hunt your best, things need to be dialed at home. This tip was brought to you by Vortex. Go to Vortex Wear and use the discount code Elkshape to save 20% on your workout scouting gear that Vortex Wear makes. Appreciate you guys' support. Matthews Archery out of Sparta, Wisconsin, rocking the V3X29 and 33. I think you guys know this by now, but I'm pretty much in love with that 29. It fits me like a glove. I like the 33. It's probably my favorite bow to shoot, but when we're talking about chasing elk in the elk woods, I'm going to pack that 29 around. Fits me a little bit better. I shoot it a little bit better. You should go test drive a V3X. I think it's their best product to date, and you can really streamline your setup by using the bridge lock to get the sight in the middle of the riser. You have the new low pro quivers that fit tighter than anything has ever fit to a bow. You can really streamline your setup with the new technology from Matthews. Plus, they run the cross-centric cams, so you can easily switch out mods. You don't have to switch out limbs if you want to change your draw weight, your draw length, or your let off. All that can be done without a press. Matthews Archery, killing it, and I love shooting my Matthews. I'm absolutely in love. You guys should go check it out at a dealer near you. Yeah, so I dry fired. I dry fired on it, and the whole time, um, you know, it was clear to every one of us that there's there was a black bear and there was a brown bear. And it was clear to every one of us the black bear is the bigger bear. That's the boar. 100%. Right away. Dan's like, yep, shoot the black one. That's the boar. And I showed, by the way, I showed my dad the video before you guys got home last night. I said the same thing. And I said, dad, which one would you shoot? And he's like, oh, yeah, shoot the boar, the black one. Yeah, so 100%. That's four guys. Yep. I, I did the same thing in the scope. I mean, I've got, you know, a pretty a scope you can dial in power wise and like I got a really good view of them what and scope was that by the way so that was a night force nx8 4 oh. to 32 4 to 32 yeah. yeah that thing had a lot of power because okay. <laughs> when <laughs> foreshadowing when you shot you're like oh is this thing on max power and I think it was on like 6 and I'm like no nah, crank that Turn thing all up, the way Dan, over yeah. you're going to be on 30 <laughs> um, it was nice anyway. so I I got in the gun, finally felt good. I could not get a rear rest. And at that distance, it's so crucial to have a rear rest and just be completely dialed. Um, finally, Andrew is like, dude, try my pack. And I was like, your pack's not going to be any better than what I'm using, but sweet. I'm out of options. Yeah. Andrew slid his pack underneath me. And within a second, I'm like, okay, that's, yeah, we're thanks, solid. Andrew. That was um, so I got, got behind the gun. I drive fired once on it because they were moving a lot and... They were feeding, but also kind of courting and just, there's a lot of movement going on. And so to get the bear broadside in a shootable shot was kind of a challenge. So it was broadside actually is quarter two actually when I dry fired, but I was like, I'm just dry firing, dry fired, felt super steady, nothing moved, crosshairs didn't twitch, didn't flinch. I'm like, okay, I'm good to go. Um, so I, I jacked a, a shell in safety on, re-gotted my gun, made sure the bubble was level and like right away that bear turned completely broadside if not slightly quartered away um and was in the wide open i felt really good and so that's when i flicked safety off it's like okay we're going live and i checked to make sure you're still filming and just yeah double check the bubble level squeeze through the shot and when it broke ideally at distance like if you're set up right you, you can try and watch impact or vapor trail or something because your recoil is just straight into your body. It's not canted with the rocks. Like it did. I couldn't see, I didn't okay. know what was up. I yeah. was like, where did I hit? Um, threw out one of my earplugs and you guys are like, yeah, money is dead bear. Really Down. good hit. Yeah. Dead bear. Like what? Three feet. Didn't move three yards. Basically you shot it. It died. Yeah. Yep. It fell over into a bush. Yep. 
And I was like, sweet. Yeah, and I could see the, like, one of the hind legs sticking out of the bush. So, you know, I stayed in the gun, stayed on it just in case it would get up and move or whatever. Um, yeah. But right away, dead bear. So, yeah, it got up, and, and it was it was cool. You know, high fives, fist bumps, and we were just, uh, we were excited. And I'll let you take it over from here. Well, <laughs> I was thinking, all right, it's 7 o'clock. It's going to take us an hour to get down there. I've been down and across the other side two other times, and I've regretted both times. Regret Canyon. Regret Canyon. And um, I just wanted to be able to at least get to the Bears with daylight, find them with daylight. Like, I don't know why. I just So I was kind of like, all right, let's, let's get our shit together. And then there's this guy over here named Andrew who's like, Dan, don't you have another second bear tag? I was like, yeah. He's like, dude, that the second bear is not moving. Yeah. Like you should. It would not leave. It would not leave Dylan's the other bear. bear. Like you should shoot it. Like yeah. And I did some math, and I was like, okay. Just for the record, I'm I'm not into shooting bears with rifles. Yeah. It doesn't do it. I have never done it, and I've just never had any. And it's just never really dawned on me something I want to do. Now wolves, absolutely. That's why I have my custom gun, and that's why I practice. It's like for wolves, but. I was like, yeah, nah. And I think you might have said something a couple more times like, dude, come on. Like, the bear's right there. The gun's dialed already. The gun's yeah. dialed the already. The yardage, was, yeah. Yeah, the yardage was the exact same. The yeah. gun was still, like, on it. set up. And he's like, I mean, the gun's dialed. The yardage, like, we know it's money. And this hunt was not really planned till about a week prior. Yeah. yeah. And I knew I didn't have any more um, Mrs. Elk sh- uh, Mrs. Elk shape time yeah. in the bank account to burn for bears. And I was like. Uh, I'll get in on the gun and at least look. We That's got to go, yeah. go down there anyways. Yeah, yeah we do got to go across there. Let me just look. Let me just get on the gun and look what, how it feels. And I got in there and I got positioned. And Dylan coached me up a little bit on like getting it, you know, the scope dialed perfect to, to my liking. And I just couldn't get, like you said, I just couldn't get stable on the back end. And I Andrew bust out his bino harness and put it on the back end. Do you remember that? Yeah. And when he did that, I was like, I didn't need to dry fire nothing. Like, it was just deadlock on that bear. And um, then I was like, all right, well, I, 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 I'm not going to dry fire. I'm just put one in. And I, you guys put one in for me. And I was like, okay. And I was on it. And I was like, I was just going to touch the trigger. But I was dead on the bear. And the bear was in a perfect shot, like slightly quartering away. Slightly. And I didn't even like, I went, took a couple breaths and I just touched your trigger just to kind of feel it and the gun shot. Yeah, and you hear <laughs> on video us going, ow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we weren't plugged up Sorry, there. I didn't tell you guys to go live or anything and um, dude, that couldn't, Money. I couldn't walk up and put a Perfect shot, shot. Even better. It was yeah. just like, your gun's sick. So it was, five. I think my bear was 544. Yours is probably 546. Yeah, and he ran 15 like, yards straight up, and then literally died. Like <clears throat> yeah. that. Yeah. What what gun are you running, Dylan? Uh, so I have a dead down range rifle. It's a seven mag, um, one that I built. Uh, my good buddy Tyler owns dead down range, and and I built that one last year. So really, like I was telling you last night, I shot a deer with it last year, but this is the second second animal I've shot with that rifle. Yeah, I mean, it's really accurate. I really liked everything about it. Um, So once we did that, I was kind of like in disbelief. One, I just cheated on my bow. I don't like (laughs) cheating on my bow at all. I got to look at my contract with Matthews. Am I allowed to even shoot shit with the right (laughs) now? I'm joking. But but it was actually really cool. I have so much respect for long-range shooting and and stuff like that. Um, I do make fun of rifle hunters because – totally. 
when you guys when you shot your bear, that's when my bow hunt would have started, and I would yeah. have had to roll yeah. the dice, commit to crossing that regret canyon down. And then obviously getting the wind right and now, relocating them. If those bears would have stayed where they were, mm-hmm. roughly in there, with a bow, that could have been really advantageous for a, a bow kill bear. 100%. If they yeah. would have stayed there because of the, the way that knife ridge with the rock outcroppings, yep. you know, I can just picture that stock, right? Yep. And but, you would have had the wind. It would have been yeah. coming down. It was shaded. Um, the only thing is it's fairly steep, so you'd have to really watch trying to relocate them as you yeah. come up. Yeah, you know, because you're they'll be they'll have the advantage. They'll be higher than you. Totally. Yep. But um, and then they got to hold still long enough for you to execute a shot with a bow. I mean, that's I got to be honest. So with a bow, I would have a hard time committing to go over there with 100%. a bow. Me and a Jake have uh, been hunting that spot three or four times this year, and we both were praying not to see a bear. I was kind of hoping we didn't see a bear. I mean, it's called Regret Canyon (laughs) for a reason. Yeah. There is a reason. But we we did good, man. We strapped it on. Yeah. And I figured it would take us an hour, and I think we – I think we got down there faster than an hour. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, we lightened up as much as possible. Obviously, didn't take the spotters, didn't take the rifle because we, you know, we watched them for 15 minutes after, like zero movement. We knew they were smoked. It's so nice to see two bears laying dead on the side hill. Yeah. You don't have to go, like, wonder where they're at. Yeah, like, I hope we can find this bear. Cause, and then I yeah. took the app, and I just kind of hit the, the double tap where you can kind of, like, move your um, – Phone, compass and, phone. It, and it just lined up, and yeah. I was like, okay, yep, right there. And I, I toggled between, you know, hybrid and topography, dropped a pen, and I bet my pen was within feet of where your bear was, yeah, which was super nice. Then I did line of distance, which was, like you said, yeah. Um, had you saved the five or 10 mile maps for that I area? Did five, uh, okay. I did 10 mile maps, tens because that's yeah. what I did too. I had and the same, I did. You never know, right? Like, but yeah. I did when I was zooming in on imagery. I was kind of hoping in that moment that I had saved a five for there, yeah, because would've I would have been able to pinpoint. Okay, that's that rock outcropping. My bear right. is right here, where my ten mile was a little blurry. And for anybody not, you know, familiar, you save maps for offline use. That way, when you get out there, the phone it fu- functions like a full full functioning GPS. Everything you know is is good to go. So you can save five, ten, or one fifties. 150 will give you a huge area, but not a lot of detail. You need deets, man. Yeah, 10 to me is like the the perfect, yep. I would say 90% of my maps are 10s. Um, unless it's an area I know 100% I'm going to, then it's a 5. Right. So like 10, you get a lot of detail, but it's not like the last couple zooms, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I ran tracking. I'm sure you guys did yep. too, but I like to run tracking just to see the route we took down. Because what if it's a really good route? Then you can right. just, re- you know, reverse course. There um, is no good route, sir. There was no good route. Going down through the downfall, and it's steep. It's trekking poles. Um, we did it, though. And we crossed the creek, found a great log to go across. And you guys did great. And- For reference on how steep it is, right? Dylan was maybe five feet in front of me, and his head was level with the bottom of my feet. At all times. Yeah. It's, that, it's the steepest place I know. This is the steepest and, drainage I've ever been down or up. Yep. Hands down. And I knew it was going to suck coming back out. But anyways, we made it down to the Bears. And I got to tell you, we did really good we work. We did work. We did really good work. We got efficient. both those Bears broken down, meat, everything skinned out, probably less than an hour. Yeah. And it was 9.09 when we started hiking out. And we were, like, making a wager. Like, what time do you think we'll get? back to the top and i was thinking probably an hour and a half or two 
just because I didn't know what kind of shape you guys were in, and I just I just knew that it's just, I mean, our packs were heavy. 10.09, one hour exactly is all it took to get back up. And um, So you were up at 10.09. I think we were at 10.15. Well, yeah. you were up probably prior to 10.09. I think it was 10.15 oh, when 10 we hit the land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just yep. under an hour. But it was pretty bad, and there was a yeah. couple of gangster spots. Yeah, it got lot. pretty western, yeah. like a third of the way up. We went yeah. up cliffs at one point. Yeah, there was, there was one point I actually, like, I went scared probably isn't the right word, but maybe a little bit. Concerned? Was, yeah. Man, it was it was really concerning at one point, like, very cliffy of, like, okay, if you fall here, it's not just, ah, crap, I fell. Like, let me regather myself. Like, if you fall here, I'm not saying, like, death, but you would, you, something would be broken yeah, yeah, or we were severely the, On that bad. stretch, especially on all fours, right? You were, like, yeah. You know, I didn't even use my trekking pole. I exactly. was grabbing whatever tree yeah. well, I told or Dylan, root. Like I had my, I had collapsed my trekking poles, and I hauled her up at one point. And said, you know, it's funny that these are actually most effective right now. Completely collapsed. Yeah. They're so yeah, he short. Was like digging That's in how steep it is. It's like ice axes or something. <laughs> That's what you well, needed. Yeah. We need to back up the to the whole boar south situation. Oh okay. yeah. So, okay. so we get up we there. About that. And I I peek up over my bear's laying right there. Perfect. Um, I'm like. Yeah, it's a sow. Yeah. Cool. You know what I thought immediately? I was like, whoa, there's no way the bear I shot was a boar because right. he yeah. was like, he was long and lean yep. and like tiny shoulders. And that's just not a boar. But Buck Knives out of Post Falls, Idaho, my neighbor in 2020, I completely buried a knife into my hand and it was not a fixed blade. It was one of those scalpel replaceable ones that break real easy. And I buried it so deep that I actually, the doctor recommended surgery, which I might've should have listened, but I didn't. Anyways, several stitches later in a week of elk hunting down the drain, I got my hand healed up. Since that day, I've vowed not to use scalpels anymore in the field. And so I've switched back to buck knives, tried and true since 1902, made in America, tremendous amount of history. They're also my everyday carry. So you should check out the new everyday carry 22 lineup from buck knives. They got the 110 slim pro TXR. That's probably my all time favorite for everyday carry. You can also check out the 110 or sport knife or the 112 ranger 50th anniversary edition if you're looking for a skinner i would maybe consider the customizable 113 ranger skinner knife that's the knife that i customized for all my elk shape camp spirit of elk shape camp awards and that's the knife that we use to skin all my elk in 2021 if there's a knife out there that you need they can customize it or you can peruse their website buck knives is a huge supporter of elk shape we appreciate them and we love being their neighbor please be careful when you're breaking down your animal and consider switching to a fixed blade just for me crispy usa crispy boots my favorite boots because they don't require any break-in period for stocking any animal out west it's laponia gtx this is a very affordable boot this is not a 500 dollars Boot. It's very athletic and it's a quiet boot and it's definitely something that could help you sneak in tighter to animals. So if you're a stalker, you might want to check out Laponia GTX. If you're looking for another affordable boot that's perfect for elk hunting, it's the Colorado GTX. I know cameraman Jake and myself, that's our both our favorite number one boot from Crispy. It's the one that gets the most use and two is one. I have two pairs because I like to switch out boots every day. The Colorados are not insulated, which is great for me to keep my feet from sweating. It has board lasting mechanical construction. It includes the ABSS ankle support system, which helps propel you forward. It's got a four flex rating. They're protected with Kevlar triple stitching, polyurethane coated, and leather ran. The height is eight inches and one boot weighs under two pounds. They're super light, they're fast, they're very athletic to help you keep up with elk. The last thing I want to mention about boots is number one, all your hunting starts from the ground up. Choose wisely. Number two, consider putting sheep feet inside any pair of boots that you rock. Sheep feet are a full-length custom orthotic built for your feet specifically. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE. It'll take 10% off your purchase. I run sheep feet in every piece of boot I wear. I obviously have several pairs of boots, but the sheep feet are always in there. I think they help me leak less energy every stride, every step. They keep my feet strong and durable. And the last thing I would want for any of you hunting is to have foot issues while trying to hunt. Hunt your best. Include sheep feet on your must list for 2022. Yep. So... Yeah, what it was, and so you and Andrew, I grab my bear out of the bush, you know, drag it up. Um, you and Andrew walk 15 yards to your bear, and you're like, that's a boar. 
I was surprised. So what had happened though is the sow was not rubbed out at all. Like she was, she was fluffy beautiful. and like her black fur was just it was a fluff ball. Yeah. And your bear, the boar, was incredibly rubbed out. Yep. Like no hair basically. It had like a mohawk down its back. He had yeah. a mohawk. And that bear was considerably bigger than the bear I shot, but because your bear was rubbed out and my bear was not. Like, we all three, for 10 minutes, were like, yeah, shoot the black one. That's a boar. That's yeah, a bigger I mean, bear. We had a spotting scope, two spotting scopes on yeah. it, yep. looking at it. 100%. And then when I showed my dad the video, my dad's killed a lot of bears. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's the boar. Yeah. That's what I thought. And so when we, when we put them next to each other, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. my bear was pretty long and... And, um, it was like a, like you said, long neck bear, long face bear. It was like one of those long bears that's hard to judge. Yeah, yeah. he was definitely hard to judge. But it was it was cool to to get the boar and the sow. The sow obviously doesn't have cubs. No, yeah. And um, that's just we were literally in one of the elk in that area. That's like their preferred nursing area. Like that is where once they're born, it seems like you'll see all the cows and their calves on that hillside. It's steep. It's got water and it's green. And that's just the deal with spring bears is they just know where the nurseries are. They just know to be in the area. Once they get that smell in their nose, I mean, what do you want to eat? You want to eat salad or do you want veal? Yeah. And, um, and you're trying to make a living. And these bears don't get that big here because look at what they have to do to make a living. Right. Seriously. Their energy expenditure just to do bear things is crazy and i love bears because every bear's different personality wise and those two were different i mean they they were very playful they were very much in love they were kind of not that concerned about eating but they were in a really cool spot um think about where they live that is remote nasty yep and um they're just sitting they're just killing time waiting for hucks to come yeah and they got another month i mean we had a late spring here I yeah, mean, huckleberries usually start hitting like first second week in July. I bet the low huckleberries don't even turn on till end of July, and then the high country bear like they'll be bear if for people elk hunting in this spot this year they'll be able to pick huckleberries while elk hunting. Yeah, not this year, so it'll be a late year, pretty wet. But good job, guys. Seriously. No, we- we appreciate, you know, Andrew and I've said multiple times, you know, just driving back and whatever to your place. Like, we really appreciate genuinely, like, the invite and taking us to your We're hunting to grounds your and yeah. Heck yeah. trusting us with, with that. Like, I know how that is, yeah. you know, it, uh, you can get burnt for sure. So, like, yeah. that, that trust and just, uh, yeah, showing us the ropes, giving us place to stay, showing us your neck of the woods. Like, yeah. we, we really appreciate it. And it was... For a two-day trip, it feels like it's been about six. That's, yeah. that's what yeah. you want. Yeah. Totally. And uh, I think I said it last night, and I'll say it again. Like, these mountains made me the hunter I am. This has been my training grounds. It you can see why. Just this, it's just special to me. It's nasty country. Everything wants to rip your clothes off and give you cuts and scratches, and it's steep. Yep. And uh, if you get an animal, you're going to earn it. So... I'm glad you guys got to experience that. So uh, for you guys listening, put bear hunting on your menu. It's pretty cool. The eats are good. The adventure is high. You never know what you're going to see. And uh, it's just another excuse to get out in the mountains and share it with good people. Like bear hunting is so chill, and it's such a good time to have great conversations. So make sure you have good company like I did. Appreciate you guys' support. You guys got anything you want to finish with? No. 
Appreciate it. And yeah. uh, stay tuned for for some cool things with Elk Collective and on X. And uh, I know we'll we'll probably do a podcast dedicated toward that when we announce more or whatever. But uh, yeah, just stay tuned. It's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Guys. I know you're not counting, Dan, but how far away from Elk season are we? We're only two months out. <sighs> so it's coming. Separation in the preparation. Get after it. Get after it, guys. Catch you on the next one. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. That was really fun to go hunt with those Onyx guys. They're really good hunters. They got after it, and they're obviously marksmen and uh, not afraid to dive into hell holes and chase some adventure and do a little predator management along the way. I wanted to let you guys know that discount code ELK10 takes 10% off Vortex Optics if you go to eurooptic.com. Link in the show notes. That will expire on September 1st, 2022. So if you're in the need for a rangefinder, binos, uh, spotting scopes, uh, want to save 10%, that's going to be your best deal. And there's already really good prices on that website. So Elk 10, 10% off, expires 9-1, let you know. Obviously, we got NUMA Outdoors, Palisade Puffy, Pursuit Pant, Gunnison Hoodie, discount code ElkShape20 takes 20% off. Vortex Wear, you can use discount code ElkShape, 20% off. That's what I wear to work out for workout gear training right up until the season. Discount code ElkShape takes 20% off at OnX.com. So go to OnX Maps, click the Elite button, become a member, get all 50 state. Enter the discount code ElkShape, get 20% off. Then you also get access to Top Rut, Hunt Reminder, Hunt in Full, a bunch of other awesome incentives, including discounts. And uh, Onyx is something that's just you have to take with you in the field. It's a it's a no-brainer. It's a must. Wilderness Athlete has a new discount code. It's ElkShape22, 30% off your first purchase. Load up right before the season and get going. Discount code ElkShape takes 15% off anything at Black Rifle Coffee Company. Become a member of the Coffee of the Club because that way you get your coffee shipped to your door. You can schedule it when to arrive, how much to arrive, and make sure you have that flying elk roast. That's my absolute favorite. BlackOvis.com has got a lot of SKUs from archery to backpacking, everything backcountry. Discount code ElkShape, 10% off, fast and free shipping. Great company. Last but not least, Sheep Feet. Discount code ElkShape takes 10% off and you can put those in your boots. The Elk Collective is going to have some cool stuff involved with Onyx coming soon, so be on the lookout for that. If you're not a member of the Elk Collective and you want to study up right before elk season and you don't want to read about it, you want to watch about it, it's a whole video library uh, with a variety of subject matter experts on elk hunting. And you can, I think there's 160 plus videos, so you probably don't have enough time to watch all of them, but you can kind of handpick the ones that you need to study up on right before the season. The discount code is ElkShape Podcast, all one word. That'll take 20 bucks off your annual membership. And of course, we got the 2023 Elk Shape Camps. That is going to go live starting August 1st. That'll be our pre-sale. You'll save 45% on your ticket. And you're going to want to get your ticket early in advance to not only save money, but to ensure that you get a spot. We're going to Phoenix, Arizona, Stonewall, Texas, San Diego, California, Vortex, edge in wisconsin and then we're going to do a little mini camp here in my hometown Grin acres washington and so pre-sale august 1st early bird starts 9 1 regular prices 11 1 and then late registration starts january 1st so get going i hope to see all of you at elk shape camp in 2023 and we'll elevate our game together guys you have a lot of choices when it comes to podcasts more than ever Sincerely, thank you for choosing ours. Separation is in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one.